This is The Drive Podcast with Josh Graham. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Check out The Drive weekday afternoons at 3 on WSJS Sports. Eight days from now, North Carolina will face South Carolina in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Right up the road in Charlotte, Bank of America Stadium, and Tar Heel coach Mac Brown joins us now on WSJS Sports. Coach, before we get into the game, I actually want to start with recruiting because in our backyard at Grimsley High School in Greensboro last week, you officially signed five-star defensive lineman Travis Shaw, who is one of the five highest-ranked recruits in the country and one of the highest-ranked recruits North Carolina has ever signed in the recruiting site era. Now that you can actually speak about him without breaking NCAA rules, how significant of a piece do you anticipate he'll be for the program's future? Josh, the the signing of Travis Shaw was huge, and for lots of reasons. He's the number one player in the state. He is a a dominating player in the defensive line, uh, which we need. We've done a good job of recruiting in the defensive line. We've got some great players there the last couple of years. But here's a a 6'6", 335-pound guy that can run and really athletic that uh, uh, can dominate in the middle, and and you have to be strong down the middle in in your program. Um, And he's a tremendous student. He's an outstanding leader. I love his family. Uh, They're they're so strong. And I love the fact that when he won a state championship for Grimsley in Kenan Stadium, he talked about Grimsley. He talked about winning. Last year when he had the, the hurt shoulder, uh, he could have very easily laid out. Most people would have for the rest of the year because it could have affected his future. Uh, he wanted to win another state championship for Grimsley, so he went right back to play as, as soon as he possibly could. And then uh, I, I love the fact when he put his, his four choices out that uh, uh, A&T was one of them. Because he, he, he loves his state. And then there's no question to me that the biggest reason that he stayed uh, in the state of North Carolina, at the University of North Carolina, he wants to win a national championship for his state school, and he wants all of his friends, his coaches, and his family to be able to see him play. He's, he is a, uh, a guy that cares about loyalty, he cares about family, and he cares about his state. The day after he officially committed to Carolina, he mentioned that on the phone with you when he broke the news to you that you got emotional when that happened. What do you remember about that? Well, uh, he's one of the best players to ever sign with this school. And and for many, many years, we we didn't sign uh, the number one player in the state. And he could have gone anywhere in the country he wanted to go. And he's smart. And he's a great young person. So um, I'm vested in this program, and I want us to go from where we are to where we're headed, and and he is a major piece of that moving forward. So uh, I knew it it sent a a message to the college football world and and all the blue bloods of college football. When you get a guy like him that's the number two player at his position in the country, uh, that it sends a message that the staff is for real, our recruiting's for real, our kids are for real, and we're about to be really good. Mac Brown with us here on WSJS Sports, getting to the direction of the program. 
before the season, I think it was the week before the season started, I asked you if the program was in a place where it could lose five NFL draft picks and not experience a setback. And you said, no, I don't think we've stacked enough recruiting classes for that to happen. Then the week of the Virginia Tech game, it's still something that, you know, I remember you saying at your press conference, you said, even without Sam Howe, next year's team will be more talented than this year's team. So there were some signs that maybe the hype was a bit out of whack, but when did it become evident to you that the expectations didn't match with what you were seeing at practice? I think it was the first day of spring practice when we got through it, and I said, we're not as good. And everybody's got us number eight or number ten in the country. So uh, that was because of the way we finished, and our, our team played so hard and so well against Texas A&M without our guys that opted out. Uh, and they were fifth in the country, so I understood why everybody got where they got, but they, they don't realize the leadership, the ability. All five of those guys or four of those guys are, are playing on um, NFL teams, and, and they're playing very well. Uh, Javante Williams is dominating the NFL as a rookie. Uh, Michael Carter is one of the best leaders I've ever seen. So I thought what happened to us, Josh, and, and – it was easier for me to see it midseason, uh, but I, I knew we were in trouble with the expectations, but I don't make those expectations. Um, media makes those, fans make those, and I, and I got it. And I, I, I was hoping that we could fight our way into to, to where that would have happened, and we were a much better team at the end of the year than we were at the beginning. But when I go back and study it, and I study history a lot, this program's had uh, uh, one run since I left here, where there were four winning seasons in a row from 2010, 11, 12, and 13. And other than that, we haven't had three winning seasons in a row and been to three bowl games. So uh, if we can win in Charlotte, this will be the, the second time since 1997 that we've had three straight winning seasons and three straight bowl games. So, so we've got to work to, to get out of being average. We were the worst team in the league when we got here. We we way ahead of expectations the first year. Last year, going to the Orange Bowl, we were way ahead of expectations. This year, we got back to where we probably really are, and that was we, we were a middle-of-the-road team. That, that um, So uh, a lot of great things happened this year that, that because of the expectations in preseason, we've all kind of forgot. Last night, Keaton Slovis officially announced he'd be transferring to Pittsburgh to replace Kenny Pickett. If Sam Howe doesn't return, how comfortable are you that next year's quarterback's currently on the team right now? Well, I, I am um, I am convinced. We, we've got some uh, good players on the team. Uh, Sam Howe was a true freshman that went through spring practice three years ago, and he beat South Carolina in the opener in Charlotte, and he beats Miami uh, who arguably both of them were better than we were in his second game as a true freshman. You've got Jacoby Criswell, who's been here now for two years, um, and he was the Gatorade Player of the Year in, in Arkansas. You've got Drake May, who's been here now, will be here for a full year in January, and he was the Gatorade Player of the Year in, in, um, in North Carolina. Uh, we just signed the, the Gatorade Player of the Year last year in Alabama. Um, Connor Harold, who's 24 and one, 4.5 student valedictorian of his high school. So they haven't done it yet at this level. 
We had a scrimmage this morning and had both those quarterbacks out there competing. So it'll be fun to watch them compete in the spring. Uh, I, I think we'll have a better overall talented team around them than we've had in the first couple of years. We'll have more experience. We've got to be more consistent. We've got to be more confident. And, and we've got to finish games better. Uh, but but I, I am very confident that the, the, the next quarterback at North Carolina is on our team. And we've had some grad transfers call us and talk to us, and we're going with what we've got, Josh. We're, we're confident with the guys on campus. You say that you always want to provide your players with the best information so they can make the best decision in regards to declaring for the draft or deciding whether or not they would opt out of bowl games. What are NFL scouts telling you about Sam Howe, where he might be drafted? Uh, everybody talks about Sam being drafted in the first round. And, and that's, that's, it's been that way since three years ago when agents started calling about him. So uh, Sam has been great for our program. He's so unselfish. He doesn't want to talk about himself till this game's over. Um, I honestly will not sit down and talk to him about whether he should go or should stay unless he asks me. Uh, because our job, and, and we hired Daryl Moody, a 19-year pro scout, to help in this area. Our job is to give Sam and his family, like every other player that's looking at the NFL, as much information as we can give them. And then after that, it's their job to make an educated decision. But, but if, if we're truly about the kids, when a young person opts out, that's his, that, that's his decision. Is it a good decision or bad decision? It doesn't matter what we think. It's about what he and his family thought. Uh, if a young guy decides to play, that, that's totally his decision. We, we, I did not talk to Sam about playing in the bowl game. He came to us and said, uh, you know I'm going to play. I, I love this team and I want to win this game. Uh, so it was never in discussion. But if you truly care about the players, Josh, then our job again is to give them information and let them make decisions. Last thing for you, because I want to end things on a bright note here. You were on the ACC Network last week, and you were asked about the mayonnaise bath. You said you would take it if you won the game with $10,000 going to charity. For those who missed it, this is how that sounded. Can we expect that? We've heard from Coach Beamer. He's going to take it if they get the win. He'll take that mayonnaise bath. Are you going to do Jordan. the same, Coach? I, I am. If we, if we won a game, I'd let somebody hit me in the face with a frying pan. I don't care. We, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. Hit me, with a, hit me with a broom. Hit me with a sledgehammer. When you're picturing a frying pan, Coach, did you picture like an 8-inch like non-stick omelet pan, or are we talking like a an iron skillet? I wouldn't really care, Josh. What, uh, what I thought is I think they were putting pressure on me because Coach – Beamer had already said, I'm going to do it, so yeah. what about you? So they, yeah. they thought I'd cower down, uh, but I, I'm so thankful to the Duke Mayo Bowl, number one, for offering $10,000 for a charity for either Coach Beamer or myself, the, the winning coach, because that's really cool for a charity, and especially after COVID when, when uh, money is so tight. And secondly, these games are important. You want to win them. I, I watch all the bowl games, and you see these teams. You think they've won the national championship when they win a bowl game. We need to win to have a winning season. We need to win to, to win our last game and take momentum into spring. So, yes, I would get up every morning and let Sally hit me in the face with a frying pan for 365 <laughs> days if it would help us win the game. So 
uh, a, a little mayo is not going to bother me. That's fantastic. Coach, I hope you have a Merry Christmas later on this week and really, really do appreciate you spending the time, as always, in the triad. Thanks, Josh. Everybody be careful with the, the new COVID stuff that's out there, and everybody have a, a wonderful and safe holiday. And all you Carolina fans, get down there on, on the 30th and 1130, and, and uh, let's give these seniors a, a good last game because they've really given us a lot of joy over the last three years. That's well said. Thanks for the time. That's Mac Brown joining us here on WSJS Sports. Getting back to basketball, I'll be at Cameron tonight for Duke-Virginia Tech as the Blue Devils open up conference play. I'll tell you why tonight might be one of the few home games I could see the Blue Devils losing next on The Drive.